Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one rejuvenating page of Talmud every day. Today's page, Nedarim 42, asks a quirky philosophical question. Suppose Joe gets really cross with Jim and takes a vow that he will not derive any benefit from Jim whatsoever. No entering Jim's orchard, no eating fruit from Jim's trees, nothing. This is pretty straightforward stuff. We've dealt with this earlier in this tractate, except for the whole notion of Shemitah, or every seventh year, during which we are commanded to let the earth lay fallow. During Shemitah, all trees and fields and natural bounties are considered ownerless. So if Joe makes his vow before the Shemitah year, before the seventh year, and then the Shemitah year comes along, is he allowed to enter Jim's field and eat Jim's fruit? Yes, most rabbis agree. Yes, he is. Because at that point, the trees and the fruit are technically ownerless, which means that the vow no longer applies, as we are taught that on the Shemitah year, all the trees and the fields and the earth return to their natural state. It's a great brain teaser, but there's an even greater point behind it. And to understand it, we need to go back in time. How back? All the way back. Back to where it all started. Back to the Garden of Eden. The great Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Kuk, the chief rabbi of the land of Israel in the early 20th century and one of the most prominent modern Jewish theologians, had a great teaching on Shemitah. The purpose of Shemitah, he said, was to prepare us for the world to come. Because Shemitah literally creates Eden-like conditions. On the seventh year of each seven-year cycle, we enjoy the bounties of the earth without having to labor, just as Adam and Eve did back in that perfect paradise they called home. We may eat whatever we want, and we may rest. And as we do, we should remember that this beautiful condition comes to us not as a result of some crafty engineering, not because we worked hard and were super smart and earned this year-long time out, but rather because of our ability to elevate ourselves spiritually. Put bluntly, the question here is this, how do you get to heaven? Unlike the old joke about how do you get to Carnegie Hall, you know the punchline, practice, 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 the way back to Eden is the opposite. The way back to Eden is by not doing anything except for believing and obeying the Torah when it tells us at the beginning of year seven to drop our plows and our rakes and our shovels and just let everything go wild and natural again. Now, this sounds groovy, but in reality, it's really, really, really hard. There's a Hasidic teaching I heard once, and I wish I remembered the source, that the story of the Garden of Eden is actually, quite literally, a story about Shemitah. What does God tell Adam and Eve? In this bountiful garden, says God, leave one tree alone. Why? Well, first of all, because the creator of all life on earth says so, which is a pretty good reason to do anything, and which sort of prepares you for the strange and mysterious and transcendent way of being in the world, which is faith. Second of all, because it teaches us that humans should, by nature, be custodians, not consumers. We should learn to think of ourselves not as the people who take, but as the people who take care. This is very true for our home, this 
brittle planet with its finite resources and many vulnerabilities. And if you're looking for a good animated and animating exploration of this very idea, go see the Disney movie Strange World, which is all about this pressing ecological point. But it's also true for how we treat ourselves and each other. We're geared to see the world and everyone and everything in it through the lens of productivity and profitability and utility to ask how we could build and how we could grow and how we could make things too big to fail. The people we celebrate are entrepreneurs until, that is, their hubris brings about their downfall. The story of the garden, the story of Shemitah, reminds us that the cardinal sin of humanity is not knowing when to leave well enough alone. Not knowing how to respect resources you did not and cannot create or replicate. Not knowing how to remember that we're all actors and doers and movers and shakers, but also that we're all fallible, flawed mortals who should never forget that we're only here because of each other and because of higher spiritual forces we cannot even begin to understand. Shemitah, therefore, is a threat and a promise. Forget its core teaching and you'll find yourself with a one-way ticket out of Eden. Keep the faith, and you'll inch ever closer to paradise, to a future state of having it all without having to work for anything at all. It's our choice. And every seven years, we get the chance to try, try again. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scaramuccia, Mark Oppenheimer, and Sarah Fedmanader. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeoneduffyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. <laughs>